Welcome back, humor consumers, to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. And I'm Catherine, co-host Bestie. Hi, Catherine. (laughs) Hi, Tracy. (laughs) How are you? I'm great. Why is that so funny? I don't know. (laughs) I don't either. Well, this is episode 55 of the podcast. That's crazy. I know. Kenny's going to be 55 five tomorrow <gasps> that's right mm-hmm. the double nickel yeah that's exciting yeah gosh i know it goes fast folks real fast kids yeah if you're old enough to know that it goes fast you've already experienced it <laughs> and if you're not old enough to know buckle in you're going to it's coming mm-hmm. all right well our topic today Catherine, is hope for the church good i know we need that. We do need that. Desperately. I would say that I would, yeah, desperately is just the right word. Yeah, right. So our topic is hope for the church, and we've got a couple takeaways, and we also have sponsors. Who are our sponsors, Catherine? Let's talk about them for just oh a moment. Just a moment only. Yeah. Muffin and Pooh, Kenny and Ron. Our Mu- hubbies. Right. <laughs> Ron is Muffin. That He belongs to Tracy. <laughs> Kenny is poo. And I'm sorry for these names, folks. It's, it's okay. It's just, it just <laughs> popped up, you know, years ago when Kenny and I were dating and it just stuck. Yeah. And you guys, yeah, a long time ago, figured too. it out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, both of us lived next door to each other. So we were next door neighbors first before we became besties. Mm-hmm. And then our husbands are kind of besties too oh what did kenny call them so you and i oh yeah trey cat he said puffin (laughs) puffin because it's poo and muffin (laughs) right i said you might not want to say that in public it sounds a little (laughs) it does (laughs) it does but it's a hilarious blessing because yeah we get to be really close friends and they get to be close friends yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And our kids, even our two our sons, kids. live together. Yeah. And you know, my one son who moved to Texas, he was very close with your kids and your son, and uh, so we just kind of grew up together. Yeah. All of us. And even my girls are friends with your yeah. boys. Yeah. So, so that's pretty cool. So it's one big happy family, little oh. commune. <laughs> Puffin, that's funny. <laughs> uh, okay. So enough about them. Let's talk about the takeaways. Here yeah. here are the three things that we hope you listeners will get out of our conversation today. Because you've got to have a reason to tune in and stay tuned in. Right, exactly. Right? So we're and come hopeful. back and come back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the three things that we hope you take away from this episode. Number one, a new way to look at the challenges of the pandemic. That's a good takeaway. We need that. Yeah. We need to look at this from a new perspective. So yeah. we've got that. Second takeaway is that you will feel more excited about church and not so gloom and doom. Yeah. So that's good. And then finally, we're going to give you um, a relief valve. If you have been one that has been a little bit worried, you know, about things during the pandemic and even worried about your church, like what's happening with the church, you don't have to worry. We're going to take the pressure off. Oh, good. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. it's Jesus' idea. It's right. his idea. He started it. He started it. He's going to finish it. Right. All right. So those are the takeaways. Well, let's just jump right in, Catherine. What okay. say you? Well, I was, as I told you before we started, mm-hmm. I was 
researching all kinds of different sites and pretty much most of them were focusing on what the problems are. Right. Well, I, you know, that's pretty evident. We know what the problems are. Most, I mean, most of us do. It's glaring in our face. You right. know, we've got society, culture, and the pandemic. Uh, politics. All, politics. All of yeah. that. All is, the hot topics. Exactly. So then I found one that was focusing on hope um, for the future and mm-hmm. his predictions for the future. Mm-hmm. So I landed on that and... Um, we both think that this is a pretty good one to focus on. So yeah. I'm basing what I'm, you know, most things off of this. Okay. And the title of the article? It's, uh, well, first of all, it's Carrie Newhoff and, com, And the title of the article is 10 Predictions About the Future Church and Shifting Attendance Patterns. Okay. And just to be clear, we, we looked into who this guy is, mm-hmm. and from what we can tell, he's legit, and he's, you know, on board with evangelical Christianity and all of that. We don't know every single thing about him, but we're just going to look at this article. He's a blogger and a leadership, um, um, he's in the leadership space, so he sells courses on how to do uh, improvement, mm-hmm. like in yourself, improvement in the church and how to be a better leader, and things like that. So he's got a lot of different articles on his blog about controversial things as well as not controversial things. He's got a podcast, and this article, we just found it to be interesting. Another interesting thing about it is these things apply today in 2021. Yeah. Right. And But when was this 2022, written? 2022, actually. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting that it's January. Yeah. It's 2022. Well, we just know that this was written before 2015. Right. We're not sure exactly when, but we looked back to all the comments, and it started in February 2015, as far yeah. as we could tell. Right. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting because there are concepts that, um, they apply, uh, it, you know, during different seasons of time. They really do. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, like I said, when I first read through this, I thought that it was current mm-hmm. because I couldn't find a date on it mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like scrolling down to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, here we are. All right. So it's 10 predictions about the future church and shifting attendance patterns. So what's the first yeah. one? Well, the first one is, um, the potential to gain is still greater than the potential to lose. So what does he say about that? He says, every time there's a change in history, there's po- there's potential to gain and potential to lose. That, that's always a given. Mm-hmm. And he says that the reason he believes that there's potential to gain is because um, we have to remind ourselves that the church was Jesus's idea, mm-hmm. not ours, mm-hmm. which we said in the beginning. Um, he says it will survive our missteps and whatever culture trends happen around us. We certainly don't always get things right, right? Mm -hmm. But Christ has an incredible history of pulling together Christians in every generation to share his love for a broken world. That's the way it's been from the beginning. Right. That's the way it's going to be. So it's easy to predict that, really. Well, it is easy to predict it, but sometimes when you're in the middle of a mess, it's hard to imagine your way out of it. That's true. And, um, you and I were talking about this the other day as we were thinking and brainstorming about this particular episode. And we started to think back about all the things that we know of, and we're no experts, but the things that everybody knows that the church has survived. Mm-hmm. You know, the early church, just the fact that the early church even got off the ground. Yeah. 
Well, for sure. And then with all the opposition. Oh, and, and yeah, yeah, all the things that you read about, just read the book of Acts and yeah. you'll be amazed yeah. that we're, that there was any church at all. Yeah. And that's because of God. It's God's church. Exactly. Yeah. And then we talked about the, you know, the other plagues that have, you know, plagued the earth mm-hmm. and the church still survived. And we talked about the Reformation and mm-hmm. the, the Crusades and all the stuff. I mean, crazy. Yeah. All right, let's go on. Okay, the second point is churches that, oh, I love this one, by the way. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Churches that love their model more than the mission will die. And he says, that said, many individual congregations and some entire denominations won't make it. The difference will be between those who cling to the mission and those who cling to the model. Now, what do you mean by model? Okay, well... He gives an example of a horse and buggy. Okay. And I love this example. And he says that horse and buggy manufacturers, they were um, relegated to boutique status is the way he said it. I like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, so therefore they weren't being driven that way anymore. You know, cars took over. Mm -hmm. So he says, the mission is travel. The model is a buggy or a car or a motorcycle or a jet. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's that's what that means. It's the the means. Do I want to say the means to the end? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it's how you get there. It's how you get right. And um, yeah, and he, he points out how companies like um, Apple and mm-hmm. Samsung, they have innovated um, ways to complete the mission of um, photography and music and things like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Kodak, they just stayed what they are, just film. <laughs> You know, in right. the basic ways. And they, they went, haven't and they moved went bye-bye. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. Well, and having had church experience myself, I was on church staff for five years, and then I've volunteered and worked in the church forever. Um, I've definitely sat in on meetings about the mission and the model and all that yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I can see where if you're just constantly looking at, well, this is how we get from A to B to C to D. And, you know, I've seen the graphs and the pictures. And so a new person comes into the church at entry A, they, they visit, they're a visitor. Then they become a seeker, you know, then they become an attender, then they become a member you know, then they get baptized. And there's an order mm-hmm. to one's entry into the the church community. Okay. And I can definitely see where we need to take a, a broader view and a step back and go, wait a minute, is that really effective? Is that really helping people to grow in their faith? No. Mm-hmm. So not to say that it's bad. It's not. Yeah. But it could be, um, it could be missing some stuff like authenticity and real connection and meeting people where they are, stuff like that. I think that's why, too, we have to really be listeners and mindful of when. So talking about the model, Mm -hmm. you know, there's always a thing about our our, our music, our worship music and and how that should be and what that should look like. But the but the the mission, the ministry is Mm -hmm. what's most important. So whatever what's the best way to go about that yeah get people in so okay so basically what he's saying is like hold it loosely let the lord lead you don't like just commit like to the teeth to this particular way because we have new things now new there's new information now right okay Mm -hmm. all right very good all right the third one the gathered church is here to stay 
it's amazing again that this was written before the mm-hmm. the pandemic because he does address this issue he talks about how um online you know the online presence is um a deal a big mm-hmm. deal um he says that um while some will leave it does not change the fact that the church has always gathered because the church is inherently communal additionally what can what can wait what can what oh my gosh <laughs> what we can what do, we can do gathered, gathered together, together yeah far surpasses what we can do alone yeah <laughs> which is why there will always be an organized church of some form see how those commas trip people up oh. it's just it's just like a stick out oh in front my of your gosh. tongue just trip you up it's a comma pause <laughs> So we're better together than alone. Yeah. Yeah. And there's obviously everybody knows that. It makes uh, me think about the time, you know, during the pandemic mm-hmm. when we were shut down just for a little bit yeah. in the beginning. And um, we, we, you know, we worshiped online a couple times. Mm. But then I think it was like by the third time. I was done. You were done. <laughs> and what did you do? I went, went to, to the, the church. <laughs> in the parking lot. I went by myself. Yeah. And I was in pain, too, because as you know. I had a shoulder surgery that I needed mm-hmm. and they wouldn't allow it because of COVID. It wasn't essential. Right. Which I would, thought it was yeah. essential. <laughs> right. It was essential to me. And I was sad and I was in pain and I was in emotional pain and I wanted my church peeps around me. Yeah. And so I went to the parking lot and I sat there in the rain by myself and I cried. <laughs> just cried and you watched church online right it was during church yeah uh, i watched it on facebook well i had a hard time with online church like the first week that we were in our jammies Mm -hmm. you know and it was march wasn't it or cold out it was um march and i know during easter because i know we took communion at home right and got had our own little crackers so it was novel at first and it was cozy like i was in my jammies and i was on my coffee and sitting on the couch but after the first week of that i was like well now i'm just gonna go do dishes (laughs) you know and and then the third week i was just like in the shower and listening (laughs) and i'm like this is not good i'm too add for this so then i went to the church and cried um, but now it's better. We're in person, yeah. of course, and we weren't shut down for very long. No. But this article, this um, uh, number three, the gathered church is here to stay. I agree with that. We need each other. Mm-hmm. And um, I had read some different statistics as well about post-COVID church mm-hmm. and attendance. And attendance is down. Yeah. Anywhere from 20% to 60%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a huge number. It is a huge number. So the question is, will they come back? You know, and some people have left various churches because of the response to the pandemic one way or the other. And you cannot please everybody. Exactly some people right. left because didn't they didn't wear masks. Other people left because they did wear masks. Exactly. Some people left because there was no mention of this or there was mention of mm-hmm. that or whatever your hot button topic is. Mm-hmm. So they've skirted around. I think that's exactly what has happened during this pandemic is that we've really seen hot buttons in people we didn't know was there. So true. Like I was like, whoa, I didn't know that person. <laughs> yeah, you were have... talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't know you felt that way, Tracy. Well, don't make me get punched. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah it's definitely. Um, well, when but... you're squeezed, that's when you see stuff comes out. And it's not to say, it's not to make a full character judgment like, oh, like that shouldn't no. surprise us that 
um, venom comes out of us. Yeah, we true. are sinful by nature. True. And we are um, sinners living a life in Christ. We're forgiven. But when we're squeezed, when we're in pain, when we're tired, when we feel offended, when we're not heard, whatever, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. That's a really good reminder. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. That's true. I'm not saying that to you. <laughs> saying, saying we like generically like us. As I kick her under the table. Yeah. Stifle it. It's <laughs> worse so silly. All right. Okay. Let's, let's move on. All right. Uh, the fourth point. Consumer Christianity will die and a more selfless discipleship will emerge. Uh, so he says that leads us to evaluate our church. Well, basically, what he first he says, consumer Christianity asks, what can I get from God? It asks, what's in it for me? Yeah. So that leads us to evaluate our church, our faith, our experience, and each other according to our preferences and whims. In many respects, even many critics of the church who have left have done so under the pull of consumer Christianity because nothing meets their needs. All of this is antithetical to the gospel, which calls us to die to ourselves, to lose ourselves for the sake of Christ. And as the church uh, reformats and repents, a more authentic... Oh, there goes Tracy's phone. We don't know how to shut that off. Sorry. (laughs) One of these days, we will figure it out. I'll just keep reading. Okay. It's done. Okay. I'll start over. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) As the church reformats and and repents, a more authentic, more selfless church will emerge. Sure, we'll we'll still have to make decisions about music, gathering times, and even some distinctions about what we believe, but the tone will be different. When you're no longer focused on yourself and your viewpoint, a new tone emerges. And that's so true. Yeah. Well, I think the overall stamp of that can just be humility. Yeah. Considering other needs better, you know, above your own and their needs, you know, considering others better than yourselves. That's yeah. what Christ came and said. He took exactly. the form of a servant. He yeah. he he took on the nature of a servant. He did. He was God. Mm-hmm. And he didn't consider equality with God to be a thing to even be grasped. It wasn't even in his thinking. Right. You know, that's from Philippians. That's so Wow. Yeah, it's so crazy, right? Because it he is died crazy. For us. I mean, the King of Kings. Yep. And the Lord of Lords, and and He was cleaning their feet, washing yeah. their feet, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we them. take a, a stance of humility rather than claiming, um, um, dominance over like other people's ideas or whatever, if we just take a stance of humility and look to how we can love one another better and more more selflessly Mm -hmm. love them for their good you know considering their feelings and their needs yeah happy world like jesus is sitting right next to you yeah physically gosh i'm getting really convicted (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah all right what else all right five number five sundays will become more about what we give than what we get well that's an obvious like outpouring of number four exactly Mm -hmm. yeah um, our gatherings will become less about us and more about Jesus and the world he loves. Rather than a gathering of the already, whoop, on my computer, convinced, the churches that remain will be decidedly outsider focused and word will be supplemented with deeds. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. I'm just seeing if I should keep going on on that one. Basically, it's just um, supporting what we just read. Well, it's interesting, the next sentence that it says in that paragraph. It says, in the future church, being right will be less important than doing right. So it'll be less about spouting off your opinions of things Mm -hmm. and more about just loving each other Mm -hmm. and treating each other with love and meeting, I think, felt needs, you know, felt needs that people have like right now. Mm -hmm. Like we've seen in our community, which I love our church. Our church is small. We live in a small community and we have a small church. And I love it because we, we just had a recent outbreak of covid yeah in our church and people came around and helped one another yeah they should as did. much as we could possibly do yeah and that's tricky uh, because of you know you can't enter the home right. but you can you know you can work around that but it is tricky it is and i i myself you know everybody goes through stuff and i've been grateful to have my church peeps oh me too my bible study and my small mm-hmm. group oh yeah. come on now Mm-hmm. You know, when you need prayer or you just need encouragement, you, that you've got a, a source for that. Yeah. Amen. Definitely. A church family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number six. Number six. Attendance will no longer drive engagement. Engagement will drive attendance. Currently, many churches try to get people to attend, hoping it drives engage, engagement. But in the future, that will flip. The engaged will attend in large measure because only the engaged will remain. Interesting. Boom. Yeah. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So in attendance for the church is obvious. It's attendance. Mm -hmm. And by the term engagement, what they're referring to is people sticking around, like them getting involved in the ministries of the church, getting to know people in the church, mm-hmm. uh, joining a Bible study, joining a small group, getting involved in the worship team, stuff like that. Wanting to really be there and, right. and grow. Right. I think there needs, there's, yeah, that component of wanting to grow. Grow in their faith mm-hmm. individually, but also participate, contribute, as well as receive from the community. So becoming a real part of a community, mm-hmm. not, so it would be the opposite, engagement would be the opposite of a pew sitter. You know, the, t- the term pew sitter um, or bench warmer, you know, that's yeah. just a warm body that comes in to check a box mm-hmm. to say, I came here, I did that, I did my good deed for the week, and you leave and you're not involved. Yeah. You don't give financially, you don't support with your prayers, no. you don't, um, you know, support with your money, support with your prayers, support with your time. Yeah. And it, it is a community, it's a give and take, mm-hmm. you know. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so. In the past, some former models that I've seen, even in my experience working in the church, I've seen attendance come first. Like people attend the church, they visit the church. That's step one. Mm -hmm. Then step two is engagement. Mm -hmm. Let's get them involved. Let's get them into a small group. Let's, you know, do a social thing, whatever. Where this guy is saying that's going to flip in the future. And perhaps he's right. Perhaps now is the time. Yeah. I think to at least be open to it. You know, look for that as you um, might be church shopping. Yeah. Or even um, if you're involved, like we're involved in our little church. Mm -hmm. And if you're involved in your church, you know, it can be really exciting. I think we should be very excited about this prediction or thought. I like what it says here. If you really think about this, engagement driving attendance is exactly what has fueled the church at its best moments throughout history. It's an exciting shift. It is. Mm -hmm. 
It is because I hate to say this term, but um, uh, if you're not really engaged in the church, you're kind of like dead weight. No, I mean, you're just sitting there. You're not doing anything. You're not um, giving of yourself nor receiving love from others. You're just just there. Yeah. And it's, um, it's hard for churches to function if they don't have people that are really engaged in the ministry. Well, and I think that the secret is really not that it's that much of a secret, really, but the best way to receive is, is to give. Right. I mean, um, I think that's most people know that, but then they don't really um, think about that. Yeah. Well, I think it's an interesting thing to think about. And I think for us, the challenge is to how can we become more engaged in our own church community? Mm-hmm. You know, how can we give more of ourselves and be more vulnerable and more open to... There's that word, vulnerable. I know. Don't be afraid, <laughs> folks. It's, it's all it's good. It's okay. Because if everybody's vulnerable, then we're all in the... <laughs> well, but, but that's what it takes. Yeah, it to does. build a relationship, it takes vulnerability. It does. Because I'm, I'm here to not only get to know you, but to be known. Mm-hmm. And I want to be known and still be loved. Mm-hmm. I, and that's that's how I feel about being authentic and um, real with mm-hmm. somebody. I don't have it all together. You just spend 10 minutes with me and you figure that out. Mm-hmm. I wrote a whole book about not having it all together. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. All right. Number seven, simplified ministries will complement people's lives, not compete with people's lives. For years, the assumption has been that the more a church grew, the more activity it would offer. And I think this is important to listen to this. Mm -hmm. The challenge, of course, is that church can easily end up burning people out. In some cases, people end up with no life except church life. I, I know people fall into this. Yeah. Some churches offer so many programs for families that families don't even have a chance to be families. And the church at its best has always equipped people to live out their faith in the world. But you have to be in the world to influence the world. Yeah, and that's a that's a trap always for families. When you're in the middle of family life, now, now as you know, Ron and I became empty nesters. Mm-hmm. And we can't stop smiling, right? Yeah. We're just like, this is great. You can't stop announcing it either. I know. <laughs> I know it might just be the rest of my life like that. Um, But when we were in it to win it during the 90s and the 2000s and we were raising our family, Mm -hmm. it's easy to fall into those traps of letting other things just sort of consume your time, Mm -hmm. whether it's church or work or sports, you know, youth travel stuff. There's so many options out there. There's way more options than we have time to commit to. Yeah. So it's very important that we take a look at what we're doing and how we're doing it and carve it out in a balanced way and then adjust. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I have to say this. It made, when you said sports, it made me think of this. When I was uh, really young and I only had um, one or two kids at the time, Patrick and Emily maybe, and they were small toddlers. And I wasn't quite, you know, um, I wasn't quite a full blown Christian, just kind of curious at the time. Mm-hmm. And I worked with a woman who, um, they were very involved in sports mm-hmm. and, but her, her, um, children were older by then. And she had said to me, I wish I had spent more time at church, you know, doing church things with, with 
the kids mm-hmm. as opposed to the other way around with with the sports and i that really uh that really stuck with me yeah it's it's hard to know because we can't go back and know what it would be like if we went the other way mm-hmm. but perhaps if she had done that you know it might have worked out or it might have turned the child off. Oh, true. Totally I'm not too. Sa- I'm not saying that, you know, bring your kids to church and all is going to be merry and well. That's not at all what I mean. And yeah. I knew she didn't mean that. Yeah. I just meant that <clears throat> um, just oh, that that she needed Jesus in her yeah. life. I knew what she meant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess the, the encouragement for us as well as our listeners would be to just go to the Lord and ask him, you know, mm-hmm. how much time do you want to devote to church life and then do it? Yeah. I just want to add what it says here on this paragraph, too, because I really like what it ends with. Mm-hmm. Um, it says churches that focus their energies on the few things that the church can uniquely do best will emerge as the most effective churches moving forward. Simplified churches will complement people's witness, not compete with people's witness. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Number eight. Online church will supplement the journey, but not become the journey. Interesting. After seeing so many people go to online church, you know, during the pandemic. Exactly. Yeah. Especially considering this was written way before I, the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Isn't that funny? And he even says here, there's a big discussion right now around online church, mm-hmm. which I didn't know that back in 2015. Did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and let's see what he says here. I think in certain niches, online church might become the church for some who simply have no other access to church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> But there is something about human relationship that requires presence. Because the church at its fullest will always gather, online church will supplement the journey. He says he believes that online relationships are real relationships, but they're not the greatest relationships people can have. Well, it's um, the example of what we just talked about with engagement and attendance. Mm -hmm. If you're engaged in a church, meaning you're in it you your friends are there you've gotten to know people you look forward to going Mm -hmm. you look forward to on sunday morning getting up getting dressed going to church saying hello Mm -hmm. how are you oh yeah everybody says i'm fine Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know yeah they usually do yeah but that's okay i mean that's human nature yeah you know and sometimes you know people are going through certain things and you talk to them and whatever and you have coffee you know all the stuff but, you know, you, you talked earlier about being vulnerable, but some will yeah. um, just give a quick synopsis of, well, you know, whatever this, the this, thing this is. garbage is going on, but right. such and such, um, we'll get over it. You know, it's usually. And there it, is something about corporate worship yeah. that really makes a difference. It's true. I'm not like a singer or anything like that, but I like to worship. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's my friends. Um. And number nine, online church will become more of a front door than a back door. So what does he mean by that? 
He says, there's no question that today online church has become a backdoor for Christians who are done with attending church. Yeah. While online church is an amazing supplement for people who can't get to a service. Here's what I thought was kind of sort of funny, but it's not. It's really not. <laughs> it's still an off ramp for Christ for it should say a Christian whose commitment to faith is perhaps less than it might have been at an earlier point, meaning like they're just kind of going. Yeah, they're just dipping yeah. their toe in. Yeah. I don't know why I said that was funny. I'm so sorry, Lord. <laughs> it's okay. But I, I mean, just... it's a journey. Yeah. It's a real journey, this whole Christian life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He says, within a few years, the dust will settle and a new role for online church and online ministry will emerge. And I, he's not talking about the pandemic, but he says, online church has the potential to become a massive front door for the curious, the unconvinced, and for those who want to know what Christianity is all about. True. I think that's really good. Very true. Mm-hmm. And click- comfort matters when it comes to building relationships as well. So if somebody is yeah. wanting to check out a church, they're probably going to check out their online service. Yeah. I just thought of something. <laughs> I thought, well, maybe I'd bite my tongue on that one. Because, oh. you know, you can look online and be like, they're into that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to go there. Oh, boy. Remember when we were looking for churches to visit? <laughs> And it was like snake charmers. Okay, I was going to say that. But then I thought we might have listeners. Oh, that do the snake charming thing? Maybe. Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) Maybe. Sorry. Let's move on. (laughs) Number 10. Okay. Um... (laughs) Gatherings will be smaller and larger at the same time. Well, how can that be? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm still on the snake thing. Okay. All right. Yeah. How can it be uh, smaller and larger at the same time? That makes no sense, Catherine. Figure it out. Well, I don't have to. This guy did. Okay. While many might think the megachurch is dead, it's not. And while others think megachurches are awful, there's nothing inherently bad about them. Size is somewhat irrelevant to a church's effectiveness. There are there are bad megachurches and bad small churches, and there are wonderfully effective megachurches and wonderfully effective small churches. We will likely see large churches get larger. Multi-site will continue to explode as churches that are effective expand their their mission. Mm-hmm. So multi-site, I'm thinking they mean like all the um, campuses. Um, campuses, right? Yeah, like they have a pastor who leads mm-hmm. and they go on the screen and do the stuff yeah. and they might have a satellite pastor yeah that's what I was handles people satellite. but they have the yeah well but, i think that's a good use of technology though we have yeah. to move forward with the technology that's in front of us yeah don't we well that's what Can't he's saying ignore it that's what he's saying um yeah basically well that's but, okay so that's on the larger side but read this next part At the same time, churches will also establish smaller, more intimate gatherings as millennials and others seek tighter connections and groups. I don't know why he says millennials, but it looks like you can click on it and look into that further. Mm -hmm. Paradoxically, future large churches will likely become large, not because they necessarily gather thousands in one space, but because they gather thousands through dozens of smaller gatherings under some form of shared leadership. That kind of reminds me of small groups in a way. And so we could talk about small groups in a minute. Some of those gatherings might be as simple as at a coffee shop or even home venues under a, a simple structure. Yeah. And he says, we will see the emergence of bigger churches and smaller churches at the same time as the gathered 
church continues to change. You know, if you think about what we've all been through with COVID, it's definitely given us um, sort of a look at our vulnerability. We're vulnerable. Mm, Very. And it's not a bad thing to recognize your own vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes people can get super fearful, which is difficult. Mm -hmm. But um, if we look at it from a balanced view of, yes, we're all going to die. Every single one of us, we're going to die. That's a hard statement to really embrace, Mm -hmm. but it is a true statement. Yeah. And then live our best life every single day and love the person that's right in front of you. Like, let's love each other. Mm -hmm. Let's do our best in that regard, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So these small gatherings, like I saw something on um, the Piatone uh, community page. There's somebody that's looking for making some friends. Oh. And she just said, anybody want to go have lunch at the at the oh, wow. local cafe, you know, mm-hmm. and just hang out. Aww. And uh, yeah, I think that, yeah. that that kind of small gathering in the church for people just to say, hey, let's just get together for coffee. Yeah. No program. Mm-hmm. No agenda. Yeah. Just nice. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> That'd yeah. be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No. Well, that so. was great fun. Well, I feel like it was filled with optimism. Yeah. And I feel that it's realistic. It is. Mm-hmm. And there's hope that, you know, the COVID has been a really tough thing for all of us, a tough season. There is hope that positive changes can be and are being made mm-hmm. as a result. Mm-hmm. And one day we'll look back and go, wow, you know, stronger. Yeah. Lord willing. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's look at our scripture verse for today. Oh, yes. I forgot to put it up here. So it's for Romans. That's okay. I. It's 8.24. Yeah. I have it. Oh, okay. You can read it. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? True that. Mm hmm. So basically what the verse is saying is that, yeah, you're not going to have hope if you're just looking at what you have. Right. You've got to have the faith to believe that the hope is coming, you know, mm-hmm. uh, healing, mm-hmm. um, uh, more peace, more contentment, more grace, love, all the good stuff. Yeah. All right. What's our call to action today? I forgot. What is it? Oh, boy. <laughs> you, it was your idea. <laughs> um stop oh complaining yeah stop complaining yeah that's right stop complaining complaining and be a part of the solution yeah and what is the solution look to jesus right that's what we talked about upward yeah look upward not inward you remember now (laughs) i know it was like a half hour ago All right. Well, next week, we're going to be talking about (laughs) home decor trends. Oh, good. In 2022. (laughs) We're getting off of some of these heavy topics. Yeah. So when we we prayed before this, and um, I was saying, Lord, I don't want to misrepresent anything. And this is your church, and I don't feel equipped to talk about it. Yeah. So home decor, I can talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) well and he knows our heart yeah and and that's the whole thing about christianity it's all grace 
The whole premise of Christianity is grace. It, that's thank God. For thank you, God. it is by oh, grace that you have been saved. It is the gift of God, not by works. Oh Lord, would you remind everybody? Yeah, that we, have we grace need that reminder. Me. Oh, look at my t- my shirt. It says grace upon grace, grace upon grace. Yeah. So Ephesians two eight and nine, people. Mm-hmm. That's the verse for that. All right. So that's our next episode, and you have been listening to the Life Happens. Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm still comedian Tracy DeGraff. I'm still Catherine. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.